The following podcast contains true stories of sex, kink, gender, or body image. Thanks for being a consenting adult, because here we go. All of my life, I've never fit, but I won't complain and I won't quit. I am enormous, get used to it. Everyone tells me I'm too much, maybe it's just you're not enough for me. Can't you see, I'm the kind of woman I'm supposed to be. Hi there, and welcome to the Body Storytelling Podcast. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour, and this week we have a story from D&D and Wasteland community member and craftivist, that's a crafty activist, Jessica Cohen. How's your week going? You know how usually I'm just going off about, oh my God, my life's so hard. It's so terrible. I'm just so happy that the rain stopped and the sun came out. And I went and got a burrito the other day, and it was a great burrito, and I left my house, which I couldn't do for a long time because the storms were insane. I don't really have anything to talk about this week, but I don't have anything to complain about. I am really excited about my friend Reed Mahalko's Reed Roast next week. I've been planning this for a long time. Reed has been one of the most generous people I've ever met. We've been friends for at least 15 years. And Reed moved off to Portland years ago. I still see him. He still flies into San Francisco. Every once in a while, I'll fly up to Portland. We'll sit in a hot tub naked together. And then he'll pull out a whiteboard and we'll sit there and brainstorm because he loves to coach me. He's a really great business coach. So he'll get naked, which is not anything I'm going to complain about at all. He'll get naked out of the hot tub, have a brilliant idea, write something on the whiteboard, climb back in. Best way to work on a business ever. You definitely relax and, you know, it's quality time with a great human being. Who didn't want that? So I finally get to thank him for all the wonderful things he's done for me, for all the ideas he's given me, for all the bad ideas he's given me. Like, you know I love a bad idea. He's had a few. He gave me one yesterday, and I'm not even going to tell you about it. It's so bad. But <laughs> bad ideas, gotta love them. I wouldn't be doing body storytelling if I didn't love bad ideas. Because talking about sex, kink, or gender, who would do that? That's insane. Next month is 16 years of doing this. And you know that crazy giggly feeling? Not that giggly feeling you get when somebody, I don't know, I'm an asshole sometimes. Sometimes I'll have the sandwich board from the show just inside the metal gate to my house. And it says, body storytelling, true stories of sexual adventure at the top, all printed. And sometimes people come to my door and they will say, ah, hi, huh? And I'll come to the door and they'll just do this nervous giddy laugh they're like ha ha like what's so funny and they'll just point to the sign like oh my god sex oh they'll get so uncomfortable and they'll start giggling and i don't know i turn into an asshole about it i i shouldn't but i'm just like what's funny about that 
I've never understood why we get that uncomfortable about sex. Nothing's going to happen to you. This is this is a celebration of sex. But people do that. But I have a different reaction. When somebody pitches me a story and it's just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I can't really even think of a particular story. But sometimes I'll get these story pitches that are so, I'm just sitting there going, oh, yeah, please, please, can we do that? The bad ideas I have for the show, yes, please, can we do that? I get that same ridiculous giddiness. But it's not uncomfortable giddiness. It's just like, this is my life, really? This is what I get to do for a living? How lucky am I? I get to have bad ideas. And people go, what are we doing, Dixie? And I'm like, here's what we're going to do this week. And they're like, okay, yeah. In what order are we doing? And I'm like, why are you listening to me? That's a terrible idea. I mean, how can you not love your life when that's going on? People tell me all the time I'm a living legend, that I'm the most benevolent being. And I'm like, you obviously don't know me because really, I'm the kind of person who's an asshole when a Jehovah's Witness comes to my front door and giggles about the word sex sometimes. But yeah, I just love that I have a life where sometimes my phone will ring or I'll get a text or I'll get an email pitch and it'll be so out there or so once in a lifetime the story that I'm told and I'll just sit there and go how did I get to be so lucky that I just get to open my email and there's insanity something that's true it's really important to me that it be true I'm so happy I created this structure that people have a place to tell that story and by the time we work on it and get ready for the stage it's kind of like about what the meaning is for them it takes a while to find it but the initial pitch is just like wow you just broke my brain thank you so much I needed that and I'm excited because we're getting ready to come back to shows it's been a while I've missed them I love live shows and next week's show with Reed is going to be incredible if you look at Reed's friends list oh my god nothing but rock stars there's nothing like sitting around with people who are just like luminaries and legends of sex positivity. I can't wait to see those people and just be in awe of them. And I'm excited about my 16th anniversary. I made it to 16 years, I think. And that's pretty incredible. Not just a bad idea, but a bad idea that lasted 16 years. I'm gonna be pretty grateful about that this week. So yeah, no complaining. Nothing's wrong. The sun's shining. The world looks great. I get to listen to true stories of sex, kink, and gender from people I don't even know. And I get to help them get a standing ovation with my applause titties. Right now, at this particular moment, my life kind of rocks. Life isn't always easy, but it could be easier. If you're looking for a boost to live the life you want, Kickoff could help you build your credit score so you can be on your way to getting the thing you want most. Maybe a car, an apartment, a loan, or even amazing credit card rewards. Kickoff is the easiest way to build credit fast. Whether you have no credit or want to boost your score, Kickoff is the number one credit building app that has helped over a million people take control of their credit. You can apply in minutes with no credit check, no hidden fees, and no interest. Plans start at just $5 a month, and every on-time payment you make with Kickoff 
is reported to the major credit bureaus. When they see healthy habits, you see a happier credit score. You can even set it to auto pay, so you can build credit without even having to think about it. Kickoff has been praised by big time names like Forbes and NerdWallet as a smart way to build credit fast. And with a 4.9 out of 5 rating in the App Store and over 44,000 rave reviews, you can trust Kickoff to help you get ahead. It's time to take control of your credit so it can't control you. So what are you waiting for? Apply right now in minutes at kickoff.com to start building better credit. That's K-I-K-O-F-F.com to build your credit score without the lift. Start today at kickoff.com. It's the middle of January, and doesn't this feel like the longest month of the year? Well, fear not, because Like a Kitten creates erotic gift boxes that will make it easy to spice up your sex life. Their website now features over 400 amazing pleasure products, and whatever you desire, they've got your back. They'll ship you the gift box of your choice with all the erotic essentials, from vibrators to handcuffs to massage oils and more. It's your one-stop shop for a perfect evening. The Daring Date Night Box will help you break out of the same old dull routine with your partner. Grab the goodies inside and share a sexy secret on your next dinner date. The Flirty Festival Box is the perfect bachelorette gift for your festival-loving bestie. The Booty Box contains everything you need for anal, whether you're a booty beginner or a pro. I get the Forbidden Fruit Box. It had so many great items inside, but I gotta tell you, I love that Purrs Like a Kitten USB rechargeable silicone vibe. Like a Kitten offers so many different creatively themed boxes. They make it easy for you to play in brand new ways. And most of these boxes contain a toy that retails for more than the entire box alone. So these boxes containing multiple gifts are a steal. And a portion of all sales go to charities that focus on women's empowerment, education, and health. So you can feel good about feeling good. Right now, Like a Kitten is offering Body Storytelling's listeners 15% off when you go to likeakitten.com slash D-I-X-I-E or enter the code Dixie at checkout. These boxes are all at least 25% off retail value. So with our special discount of 15%, You'll receive a total of, wait, that's math. Think, carry the four, zero, mark that off. 40% off the retail value. Surprise your partner with a box from Like a Kitten. Just go to likeakitten.com slash Dixie or use the code D-I-X-I-E right now to get 15% off. And there's a link in this episode's description. Wow. Oh, the stories you'll hear. And oh my God, the stories you'll tell. This is it, my new workshop, How to Be Body, Dixie's Secret System for Uncensored Storytelling, starts this week, this January 24th, and it's just about full. But if you take that last spot, I have some great bonuses for you. Not only will you be there to hear other people tell body stories that no one else has heard yet, you'll get to tell your own. You have a story that the world needs to hear. And I want to work with you to tell that compelling story full of intimate, relatable details. And how fun is it to work on stories of sex, kink, or gender with other sex-positive, open-minded humans? I have a simple system for telling great stories, and these skills are transferable. I got a message this past weekend from a student who said, the things I learned in your workshop, I use those skills every single day now. 
just you, me, and a group of fun, body storytellers-to-be working together for six weeks. This workshop is going to be so much fun. And if you register now for How to Be Body, you'll get two brand new bonuses. My new guide, Nine Ways to Find Your Sexiest Stories, and the replay of my mini workshop, Storytelling to Get the Sex You Want. Sign up right now because it starts this Tuesday, and there's only a spot or two left in this class. There's a link in the episode show notes to register. I really hope that you'll sign up. What do you think? How about a story? I was recently in my archives going through old stories and I came across this one. And not only is this story a few years old, but the contents of this story, it's way, way back in the Wayback Machine, isn't it? So let me tell you about the storyteller. Growing up in the San Francisco Bay Area, Jessica Cohen had plenty of opportunity to hear and to tell a few stories. Along the way, she got a BA in art. She's had a wide range of jobs from nanny to salesperson, to barista, to fortune teller, to Comic-Con celebrity wrangler, and currently she's working as a freelance illustrator. Jessica is an avid reader, gamer, and a frequent writer, and a collector of stories, and a weaver of lore for her Wasteland and D&D communities. Have you checked out Wasteland? It's so cool. She's performed for body storytelling four times so far, and even was voted best of body by our audience. This storyteller is Jessica Cohen. Hi. So Tony and I had just started kissing, and it was the kind of kiss that you feel in your crotch immediately. And my hair and my hands were sinking into his hair, and it's thick and smooth, and my fingers, and we fall back on his big waterbed, and you get the slosh that pressures your whole body against his whole body. And I'm trying to get in so I can get my hands on his chest, and he's fumbling with my dress, which only opens in the back. I'm thinking this was bad timing to just realize this. And I'm trying to get in his pants, and he's wearing 501s, and you know that special sound when you just pop it and flip, and it goes, and it's just (laughs) cock. And I'm thinking this will be the best fucking sex of my life. And then it hits me, I, I gotta get up now and go into the bathroom and put in my diaphragm. <laughs> so I have to interrupt this intense sexual moment. And I go, I'm sorry, I have to go to the bathroom. And Tony says, what? And he looks at me with these big, heavy-lidded, dreamy eyes. And I lean back and I go, yeah, I have to go to the bathroom, but I will be right back. And he's like, uh, okay. So I slide off the edge of the bed, and the only thing worse than getting out of a king-size waterbed and a mini dress is getting out of a giant bean bag. And there'll be lots of people here who have not done this, but that is Pink Taco City if you're not really careful. So I slide off the edge of the bed, and I pick up my little clutch purse. It's filled with a giant spermicidal jelly tube that makes my purse look like I have a huge dildo in it, um, a clamshell that's holding my diaphragm, and a lipstick because I'm classy (laughs) and I open the bedroom door and I stop and I look over my shoulder and I go I'll be right back and for a moment I just look at what I have spread before me like a fine meal on a beautiful table and I think to myself he looks like a messed up Greek god 
So it had taken me almost three weeks to get to this place. It started three weeks earlier. I was a freshman at CCAC. Because, yeah, I went to art school. And, uh, yeah. and uh, I, I was staying with a girlfriend trying to figure out what I was going to do with my housing situation. So Carrie and Karen lived together in an apartment building on Grant Street in Berkeley. And then right across the street was this you know, stately, decay, dilapidated Victorian that had three young men about our age in it. And then just so happened that over the course of just a few weeks, the whole place filled up with CCAC students. So we threw a giant raging party and we invited the young men who lived across the street to come and come to our party. And I had seen one of them from afar and he seemed like my, my cup of tea. And he showed up and uh, he walked in and he scanned the room from the doorway and I was sitting on the couch getting stoned with the girls. And his hair was all big, loose Coke can curls and he had these limpid eyes and this smile spread across his face, that kind of smile that says, you too have a private joke, and that he's about to tell you the punchline, and you're going to really like it. So I'm thinking, this is awesome! I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to invite him. So he comes in, and he ends up sitting right next to me on the couch, and it's my first time being anywhere near him, and he starts talking, and he immediately tells the story of how he ran away from engineering school on the East Coast from his very straight parents. And he's here, and he's going to make a living as a musician. And once he's done that, he's going to get a lotus blossom tattooed on his right hand because you just cannot get a job with a tattoo. So that's a commitment. I'm like, wow, this is deep stuff. <laughs> I like a man who's committed. And then Carrie goes to hand on the joint and he leans in and he leans across my body and I get a whiff of him. And for a moment, the world stops and I smell cut grass and clover and sunshine and I smell alfalfa <sighs> and something slightly musky and this is like a smell I know and then it hits me he smells like baby milk goats <laughs> so I don't know if you know what a Nubian goat kid smells like but until they hit puberty and they get all their hormones at which point the men, the males start pissing on their own heads, which is bad news. They smell amazing. It's like the smell of springtime. And he's leaning across me with his big burly shoulders. He kind of reminded me of the actor Clancy Brown, you know, the guy who played the Kurgan and, you know, the original Highlander. Come on, people. <laughs> and uh, he's leaning across me and he smells of goat. And I think, God, this must be what the Greek god Pan smelled like, right? God of panic and music and hot sexual love and drinking way too much. Clearly, we are meant to be together. So that was the first time I had ever set my hat at somebody, and now I just embarked on a desperate attempt to figure out a way to get him to ask me to fuck him. So I worked pretty hard at this for about two weeks, and I felt like I was being really subtle, but in all actuality, it probably was not that subtle. But one day, I was coming back from classes, and I passed their front porch, and the boys were all out front sitting on the porch, and Tony was playing guitar. And they asked me to stop by for a beer, so I sat down on the porch of the dilapidated house of men, and I'm watching his hands. And then he leans down and the magic words get said to me, hey, do you want to go to coffee sometime? And I'm like, yeah, uh, uh, 
probably do that. Yeah. And inside I'm just like, yes. So uh, we make a date. And then I spend two days trying to figure out what the hell I am going to wear. And then the clock is ticking down, and I decide definitely I'm going with the Susie and the Banshees eyeliner, right? Because I had seen her play live recently, and she had done this amazing thing. She had really long black eyeliner, and then she had done a tiny, tiny rim of red around it, which I later on found out came from kabuki masks. And then her eyebrows and her eyeliner touched. That only took two hours, and I almost lost an eyeball. <laughs> then I pulled out my guest mini dress because <clears throat> I'm classy and it has buttons down the back and I got the clutch purse which I'm now trying to get a giant thing of spermicidal jelly in like it was just amazing to me that you couldn't get it in a smaller size but you just couldn't get it in a smaller size so this little bag is all bunchy and there's a long thick thing in it and I'm just thinking maybe he won't notice. And then I go and I meet him for coffee. And then we sit down and we start talking. And he orders me my first latte. And I'm wowed. So we have the latte. And we're sitting near each other. And I'm leaning in to smell him. And it hits me. I have no idea what to do. Like, I can't even remember what he said to me for the last 10 minutes. I've just been nodding and smelling him. When my prayers are answered with, hey, do you want to go see my record collection? And I go, yeah, I'm down for the record collection. So it's a fairly short walk. And we get back and we get to the House of Men and we walk up the stairs and I'm about to walk in and we throw open the door and there before me is a living room decorated by men. So there's sheets over the windows and two TVs, one with picture and one with sound and guys sitting in their underwear covered with mustard stains getting stoned. And they all look at me like, what the fuck? And he says, oh, we'll be, we'll be back in my room. And they all go, oh, okay. So we walk down the hall, and he opens the door to his room, and the only things in his room are this giant waterbed and then a huge record collection that only leaves a path of about two feet around the whole bed. And so he sits down on the edge of the bed, and he pulls out Tom Waits, Frank's Wild Years, and he puts it on, and he sits on the edge of the bed, and we get like two sentences in, and then it is just a wrestling match. And it is magical. And now I'm in the bathroom, and I'm putting in my diaphragm. So the bathroom is just like a bathroom should be if it's in a house of men. There's no toilet paper. There's no towels. Um, there's something that's possibly growing, slowly moving up the walls. There's a blank spot in the middle of the sink and right where feet would go in the shower. And then the rest of it is just this terrifying array of, uh, I don't know, lichen and mold. And if we waited long enough, it would probably crawl out and introduce itself to me. So I'm in a mini dress. So I've pulled the dress up to my nipples. I've dropped my tidy whities around my ankles. I've opened my purse. I've taken out the clamshell and exposed the little rubber yarmulke. I've taken it out. I've opened the spermicide. I've covered the whole thing in jelly. And now I have to fold it in half and crouch over the toilet, which I would never have sat on, and sort of slide it in, right? And I've only done this like once before in the office. So I get it in and I think I'm good, but the tail end of it is in there and I'm about to try to hip up, scooch up a hip and it blows, just boring, and it slams into the wall right in front of me. And I'm like, <gasps> and I'm like, you know, it's, it's not elegant. And then it slowly, slowly slides down the wall and it rests in the goo at the bottom of the wall. And for a moment, my entire sex life, which hardly existed yet, because I'm 20, 
flies by my eyes and I can't imagine what I'm gonna have to do. There's nothing nowhere. And then I'm like, fuck it. I'm Cheryl Cohen's daughter! So I start laughing hysterically because I'm out of my mind in terror at this point. I grab my diaphragm and I just turn on the water as hot as it'll go. I burn my fingers, I rinse the whole thing. And now I'm like, oh God, I have to make spermicide stick. What will I sacrifice? Panties! And I dry off the panties and I put more goo on it and I'm just, this is the way it's done! And I throw a leg up over the sink and I get the goddamn thing in and I'm like, I am a superstar! <laughs> right? So I stand in front of the mirror. I check the Susie eyes. They're solid. They're not coming off without a sandblaster. I fluff my hair, which has so much, it's like got moose and squirrel in it. I fluff it. I straighten out my dress. I look like I do this every day. And I walk over and I open the door to his bedroom and I stand there in the doorway like, just take a long look, Pan, because I'm going to devour you like goat cheese. And I realized that the Greek god that I had lying on that platter just waiting for me is now a rumpled and annoyed, fully dressed man who's looking at his watch and going through his records. And then he looks at me and he goes, ah, you're back. Do you know how long you were gone? And I go, uh, uh, no, how long was I gone? He goes, 30 minutes. I was like, well, I, uh, and then he's, and what was all that laughing about? <laughs> and so I'm like, Ah, uh, well, some technical difficulties did occur, but I was thinking maybe we could just get back to where, okay, so there was no getting back to where we were. That didn't happen. So in the end, it was a long walk home, seven blocks, with the goo of shame running down the inside of my thighs, because I still had that damn diaphragm in, filling my shoes with despair. <sighs> But as I look back on that special little adventure, I have a couple of things I realized. One is I was 20 and he was maybe 22. And probably neither one of us had done that too often before. And, and having another wo a woman standing in the bathroom laughing hysterically, if, if it had been the days of cell phones, I would have been texting my girlfriend saying horrible things about him in his head. I don't know what he might have thought. But in all, I still think of him fondly. And when I smell goats, I still think of him as my goat boy. Thank you. Take a look at my girlfriend. She's the only one I got. Not much of a girlfriend. I never seem to get a lot. Since we last spoke, and this is gonna sound like a bad joke But mama, I fell in love again It's safe to say I have a new girlfriend And I know it sounds so old But Cupid got me in a chokehold And I'm afraid I might give in Towels on the mat, my white flag is waving I mean she even cooks me pancakes And I can sell so when my tummy aches if that ain't love, then I don't know what love is We even got a secret handshake And she loves the music that my band makes I know I'm young, but if I had to choose her or the son I'd be one nocturnal son of a gun Take a look at my girlfriend She's the only one I got Not much of a girlfriend I never seem to get a lot 
talk less Then I'm trying hard not to talk fast But then I'm finally thinking I may have found the one Type of girl that'll make you way proud of your son And I know you heard the last song About the girls that didn't last long But I promise this is on a whole new plane I can tell by the way she says my name I love it when she calls my phone She even got a very own ringtone If that ain't love, then I don't know what love is It's gonna be a long drive home But I know as soon as I arrive home Then I open the door, take off my coat And throw my bag on the floor She'll be back into my arms once more For sure, like... The most seen, now annoying old man bite his tongue. I'm not done. She's got eyes comparable to sunrise, and it doesn't stop there. Man, I swear. She's got porcelain skin, of course she's a 10. And now she's even got her own song. But moving on. She's got the cutest laugh I ever heard. And we can be on the phone for three hours. Not saying one word. And I would still cherish every moment. And when I start to build my future, she's the main component. Call it dumb, call it luck, call it love, or whatever you call it, but everywhere I go, I keep a picture in my wallet like you. Take a look at my girlfriend, she's the only one I got. Not much of a girlfriend, I never seem to get a lot. Take a look at my girlfriend, she's the only one I got. flashback that was cupid's chokehold slash breakfast in america by gym class heroes i got a message today from somebody in australia who said they love the podcast and they want to come from australia all the way here to see a live show i mean if that doesn't tell you how great our live shows are nothing will so let me tell you about upcoming live shows for body storytelling both of them are in san francisco but they will be live streamed The first one is next week, January 27th. That's a Friday, and that's the Reed Roast. We are going to be doing a story toast. It's like a roast, but with love, to celebrate Reed Mahalko. It's his birthday. I've been planning this for years. So often, people just want body to celebrate them and have all their friends tell those dirty, dirty stories that they can't tell in polite company. And we are not polite company. We're the perfect place. So that's on Friday, January 27th, next week. Get your tickets as soon as possible because you don't want to miss out. They are selling fast. Everybody loves Reed. And after that, Body's 16th anniversary is going to happen on Saturday, February 25th. I've come up with a theme. Actually, I borrowed a theme from another show. There's a show called Happy Endings here in town. And one of the stars of my big 16th anniversary who lent me the theme is this incredible drag queen named Jubilee. 
I saw Jubilee on the news right around Christmas as part of drag queens on ice, you know, ice skating drag queens. Not only an incredible drag queen, but an incredible ice skater and so well-spoken. And I recognize them from the storytelling world. So I have talked them into getting on stage at Body for the very first time. The theme they lent me is heartthrobs and demigods. What does it mean? I have no fucking idea. Doesn't it sound cool, though? So that is going to be our 16th anniversary on Saturday, February 25th. Tickets are available for both of those shows, January and February. And there's links in show notes. I'd love to see your face in person. I hope you can make it happen. Even if you have to come all the way from Australia. I've been reading a lot about how much the arts communities are struggling. So many theaters have gone away. There was an article recently that said if theater attendance continues to improve at the current rate, arts attendance may fully recover in 2024. That is a long time. And I would love for Body to still be here when that happens. I have spent a huge chunk of my life helping people get on stage to tell their true personal stories. I've coached them. I've held their hand. I've shook my titties on stage and gave them applause titties so they get a standing ovation. This is my life's work. Who's going to hire me? I don't think applause titties will get you a real job. This is it for me, y'all. And I could really use your help. Now more than ever, I want to continue this important work. But the rising cost to produce live theater, COVID concerns, all of it, 2022 was devastating financially for me. So... If you could, consider extending your generosity to body storytelling and me so I can keep this thing going. The farther these stories go out in the world, the easier it is to remind folks there are other people like them out there and then they feel less alone. And that's really important to me. It's not just stories that I love. It's making people feel less social anxiety. To get out of their head, that mean voice that's in there that tells them they're wrong. You're not wrong, and you're not alone. That's my job, and I want to continue doing it. Every dollar you give is greatly appreciated. So if you can, this week, make a one-time donation to Body Storytelling. You can do it on Venmo, Cash App, PayPal. You can even do it on Buy Me A Coffee. But the best way to support Body is ongoing support through Patreon. That's spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash body. And thanks for considering it. If you're already a Patreon supporter, I appreciate you so much. If you're considering supporting Body right now, I appreciate you considering it. Thanks either way. And I love that you listen to this podcast. I want to keep making this thing for you. Well, that's all our time for this week. Damn it. I've really enjoyed hanging out with you. Before you go, could I ask you if you would subscribe, rate, and especially review the Body Storytelling Podcast. Like, those written reviews? Fuck yeah. I got a great one last week. It just lit up my day. And I could use another great day. So, thanks for considering that. And, while I'm thanking people, I should thank the people who make this podcast possible. Thank you to David Grossoff, Donald Mooney, Ty McKenzie, Mosa Maxwell-Smith, Royland James, and podcast producer Roman Den Haudiker. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour. This has been episode 259 of the Body Storytelling Podcast. But before you go, I want to tell you about something really cool. 
You've heard me talk every week about pleasure podcasts. It's part of the collective of sex-positive podcasts that I belong to. And one of the originals in Pleasure Podcast is Sex Talk with My Mom. That's right. A grown man talking to his mom about sex. And the role reversal in their situation will kind of blow your mind. I'm going to let you hear a little bit from the house right now. Please give Sex Talk with My Mom a listen if you can. Mom, what does bad cum taste like? You know when you accidentally burp and you have something come back up from the earlier in the day? Yeah. That's what it tastes like, okay? Oh, no. We host a podcast called Sex Talk with My Mom. It's not sex with my mom. It's sex talk with my mom. No, you one, thought, no one thought it was sex with my mom. Just a mom and a son chit-chatting about sex. Not just sex, uncomfortable conversations. Our goal is to make the uncomfortable comfortable. Here are some clips from our show. What I would prefer is like a very intimate connection. I, I would oh prefer fucking God. phone sex or some or Why video sex. Why don't you go sex. watch the notebook and get off? If you look at the picture in a certain angle, it looks like I have like a bulge in my underwear pussy area. <laughs> you want to have? You're sleep. very opinionated. You want to have weed sex? I don't care. Are you talking about this stuff with your mom is so weird. That's why we do this. Check out Sex Talk with my mom. Wherever you listen to podcasts and also on TikTok, Instagram, <laughs> okay. and YouTube. Mom, check out Sex Talk with my mom. <laughs>